If you're interested in being your own boss and starting your own business, but don't have a business idea, franchising could be your winning ticket. And today, we're going to explore the world of franchise opportunities and frequently asked questions with franchising guru, She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini-MBA and School of Hard Knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Dan Prendergast, a franchise and business owner coach from The Entrepreneur's Source, a company dedicated to helping people like you discover business opportunities they're suited for. Dan has sat on both sides of the franchise table. He comes from a successful 24-year career in the hospitality industry where he was the general manager of both a company-owned and franchised Marriott and Hilton brand hotels. He understands business from the ground up. He opened five hotels where he was responsible for organizing and implementing the entire operation and sales teams. This included setting up the policy and procedures in each department, operating budgets, total profit and loss accountability, as well as directing all pre- and post-opening sales and marketing functions. His contributions and achievements have earned him numerous awards, including the coveted Hotel of the Year, Highest Guest Satisfaction and Brand, and more. One of Dan's strengths is analyzing current market competition statistics that are useful in the development of various sales, marketing, and pricing strategies. And I imagine that skill could be useful in helping you evaluate the right franchise opportunities for your community. So I can't wait to dive into this juicy topic. Welcome to Business Confidential, Dan. Thank you, Hannah. Appreciate you having me on today. Oh, this is great. Franchising is just such a huge, huge field. And when somebody's kind of had it with the corporate treadmill and wants to move on, it's an easy solution, but there's still so many unanswered questions. So let's talk about why someone should invest in a franchise business in the first place. I guess first I would say, Hannah, that a franchise business ownership is is, is not for everyone, okay? I want to be upfront with that. There's Franchising brings a high success rate, uh, makes sense to go with a proven winner that has a high probability of success. When you're a franchisee, as opposed to when you're out there being an independent business owner. You're part of a network of like owners that have mutual interests and goals. Um, You purchase into a blueprinted business model where someone else, the franchisor, has developed a proven, repeatable, sustainable process to conduct a business. And that by following this process, your chances of being successful or following the model, as we call it, are greatly increased. And owning, so owning a franchise can provide you with expert help, training in areas of marketing, sales, development, advertising, product development, scalability, equity, work-life balance. So you're, you're really comparing these attributes to starting or buying an independent business 
and the odds that that come along with that against the success rate of franchising. So, you know, going alone in today's economy may not be prudent, so why work hard to reinvent the wheel? And so this all adds up to a reduced level of risk, high level of success, higher level. Bottom line is you can be in business for yourself but not by yourself. Kind of finish up on this question, Hannah. You know, more and more people are seeing ways to gain greater control of their lifestyle and income. And for qualified individuals, owning one's own business is a proven method of achieving this control. You know, many employees have discovered that large corporations are not the haven of mutual loyalty, secure employment, rising pay raises, and family-oriented or- support that they once were. And you know, perhaps some of the listeners today have found this to be true in their life. So for many people, being their own boss is a better alternative to the growing uncertainty in today's corporate world. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think everybody's experienced to to one degree or another that the uh, 30, 40-year career and the, the gold watch at the end with retirement is a thing of the past al- along with fixed pensions. So <laughs> well, exactly let's talk right. a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the advantages of buying into a franchise concept. You know, I think when people look at all of the different options, they have a tough time trying to figure out where do you start deciding which ones are the good ones and which ones aren't the good ones, and never mind the ones that are right for me as a, as a subgroup of that set. So what are some of the advantages of a good franchise opportunity? I'm glad you underscored good, and I would also say solid, because I'll talk about that a little bit later. Some of the advantages, uh, the business model has already been proven successful, been created, replicated, and distributed. The franchisor utilizes collective buying power and passes this on, in many cases, through the form of discounts to you. Local, national advertising for the franchise operation as a whole is supplied. Supervision, training programs, and consulting are readily available, and this goes from the very beginning to pre-opening, pre-training, and it follows you along after you open the business to help you be successful. And then the franchisor is always working on ongoing research and development, okay, to, you know, to make the business better, stronger, and faster, okay, um, because things do change, and franchisors have to change over time. You know, the other thing is the franchisors have a vested interest in your success, and to be more specific, a vested financial interest, okay, that I will talk about a little bit later, where um, there's a financial reward that they can reap if they help you become financially successful yourself at the unit level. Well, let's explore a little bit more about what you meant with good, solid franchise concepts. And how do you distinguish between the good ones and the not-so-good ones? There are just as many bad franchises as there there are good ones. So the following things are some of the things you would want to look for in a good franchisor. A good franchisor will allow you to take your time during your due diligence. Move at a pace that you are comfortable with. Because, Hannah, everybody has two different things that they bring to the table They have a different ability to process information, and they also have different levels of disposable time on their hands. You want to look for a franchisor that looks 
at you after they've spent enough time getting to know you as a potential good long-term fit as much as you're looking at them. Franchises are awarded, and a good franchise should only be awarded to people who the franchisor thinks will bring them long-term value. Because as I mentioned a minute ago, this is where they make their money. Okay, So they take their time getting to know you, and how they make their money are the royalties that they collect over the term of the agreement. The royalties are almost always a percentage of sales. So if they coach, mentor, and train you to be financially successful, then so will they. Whereas a bad franchise takes a short-term approach. They're more interested in making money off of you in the short term from the franchise fee. And in many cases, will rush you through a quick due diligence, tell you that they're great, that they think you are a great fit for the business, sign the agreement and pay us, oftentimes if they don't even think you're a good long-term fit for them. Um, Also, a good franchisor, Hannah, has absolutely no problem having you speak to the franchisees that are currently in the business. You want to do this when you're looking at a franchise. This is actually often missed because they will tell you, the franchisees that you speak with, if the franchisor has good training, ongoing support, if they're in it for the long haul with their franchisees, and maybe most importantly, if they had to do it all over again, would they? There's also many other discussion items and points that they can share with you, like confirming startup costs and how they are performing financially as an individual business unit. Tell me a little bit more about the due diligence process. You mentioned that taking time with due diligence as opposed to being rushed through it. What would be a time frame for being rushed through it? Would that be a couple weeks, a couple months, up to a year, as opposed to a reasonable time for due diligence where somebody can say, yeah, I did my homework. I feel feel confident I've I've looked under at least all the major rocks. Could there be surprises? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, what's a reasonable time frame for conducting due diligence? So usual time frame is going to be between four to eight weeks. The business, uh, at least the businesses that we work with, would be able to tell you exactly the different steps in their mutual discovery process. So during this four to eight weeks, they're going to say, we want to have a series of six, seven, eight meetings that are designed to do two things, teach you their business incrementally and allow them to get to know you incrementally. So these meetings are going to take place at a pace that the client is comfortable with, and part of my job is to make sure we're always in that area, okay, that the client's comfortable. And, you know, the meetings are going to cover all the different aspects of the business. So there may be a meeting that is set up strictly to talk about operations. There may be a meeting that's set up to talk about sales, marketing, lead generation. How do we acquire clients? How do we support our franchise? There may be a meeting that talks strictly about financial aspects of the business, profit and loss. There might be a franchise disclosure document meeting. The whole purpose of a good, solid due diligence is to allow the client to get to a point where they can say, I have all the information that I need to make a rational decision. And the franchisor says, we can't teach this person anything else. 
they have allowed us to completely disclose ourselves, and then you're at a point where the franchisor says, we want you or we don't. Okay, we will award you. We think you're a great fit, or maybe they don't. And then the franchisee gets to say, I think this is something that I can see myself in, and I want to become affiliated with these people. And then the last step in the, in the discovery process, Hannah, is usually what's called a discovery day where the candidate will actually go to the franchisor's headquarters to meet with the operational team, the executive team, because they've usually been working with a development person whose job it is is to bring prospects through this, you know, the cycle and the funnel, teach them the business, make recommendations if they're a good fit. So the executive team gets to certify, basically, that you are a good fit. But for the client, just as importantly, they get to spend good quality face-to-face time with the people who are really in charge with making them successful on a day-to-day basis. And in many cases, that's not the development team. So I always like to mention that, too. That's interesting. Now, the thing is, six to eight weeks for a due diligence period, people coming off the corporate treadmill, they have certain Mm -hmm. background. They're working in an industry or in a service sector of some kind. There are a gazillion types of franchise opportunities. Is it Mm -hmm. necessary for them to pick one that is in the same industry that they're coming from? Because it seems like six to eight weeks to learn not just somebody's business model, but what you need to do in an industry to make it successful Mm -hmm. seems kind of short. Does somebody have to look at the same industry in franchising that they have been in professionally in the corporate world? And the answer to that is, is absolutely not. In fact, most people that we help, over 80%, get into a business, they actually go into something completely different than what they've done before. So you have to ask the question, why? What are the reasons for this? Okay. Oftentimes, a person finds, or we help them find, something that they can be passionate about because maybe that passion hasn't existed in the previous roles in the corporate world. Examples of high-passionate, feel-good types of businesses are elderly people, pets, kids, working with you know businesses that are platformed to work with elderly people, senior citizens, children's-based businesses, maybe like tutor models or learning center, or mobile pet grooming businesses, just as a few examples. What the franchisor, Hannah, is going to be looking at and paying very close attention to is through the the course of the meetings that I described earlier, does that person have the transferable skill sets and do they have the coachability to learn a new business? The transferability of the skill set is generally there. And the best evidence I can give of that is most of these people who are in a business now that's completely unrelated to what they were doing before came straight from the corporate world. But in addition, the franchisor is going to look at how well have they studied the business, how complete of a due diligence have they done, and have they gotten to the point as a result of this due diligence where they can say, hey, this model works, okay, I can follow it, which will greatly increase your chances of being successful. Do they have the level of passion that they can follow this model with whatever level of passion is needed to be successful? I help 
my clients figure out, because they need to figure out, what their income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity goals are. And will the business give back these goals? Do they talk to enough people, both franchisor and franchisees, that they are convinced that if they follow this model, their wealth and equity goals that are important as a business owner for us to have are going to be met? I hope that made sense. Yeah, it did make sense. I'd like to explore that a little bit more. I mean, first of all, I think it's it's very informative that mm-hmm. what you're looking for mostly is transferable skills and, and basically coachability to be able mm-hmm. to learn this other model, adapt to it, and care enough about it to see it through because nothing is a straight line going up. <laughs> you know, There's right. going to be some peaks and valleys and some setbacks and so forth. And, and I guess one of the benefits of the franchise model is that you're not there alone. You, you know, you've got the mothership that you can call and say, hey, we've encountered this, this, this. What have other folks or other franchisees in the same situation done? What do you recommend? What can I do? So there's that, that sounding board, which is a mentoring mentoring role, and, and maybe even a little bit of a mastermind role, which is great. But let's right. talk a little bit more about income, lifestyle, wealth, and what was the other one? Equity. 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 About yeah. the balance. Because I can see when somebody is, is eager to jump at something, okay, they're trying to leave mm-hmm. a bad situation and improve that they're over-optimistic. They've got the rosy glasses on. Oh, yeah, we can make this work. And Oh, I don't need that much here and this, that, and the other thing. And they start to compromise in their head what they really need and what they really mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you go through an analysis with them to, to sort of be a reality check so that they're honest with themselves? So the reality check goes to really two things. The first is the ill we or income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity. Income, when you work for someone, you get an income, and that will provide you a certain level of lifestyle. However, you're building somebody else's wealth and equity. Those of us that are or want to become business owners are in it because we want the wealth and the equity ourselves. What is that business going to give back to us long-term And what goal is that business going to help us achieve over the long haul? To prevent the rosy-colored glasses from leading into fatal mistakes is we try to coach our clients not to move towards a business too soon based on perception or lack of information. Because there's a lot of people that have gotten into a franchise and failed because they fully didn't research, or as I think you mentioned, uncover all the rocks or look under the hood type of thing, because a complete due diligence may have told them that there's something in that business that may tell them or the business that this is not a good fit for them. The person that is fully aware of what their wealth and equity goals are, and I help people establish these, and that they, the folks that do a complete and proper and unrushed due diligence tend to make the best decisions. And sometimes that decision, we sh- I should say, is that you shouldn't go into that business. Or sometimes the business may decide, as a result of something that comes out of this complete due diligence, that the person isn't a great fit for the business. But the important thing there is these decisions, Hannah, are being made before somebody writes a really big check. 
company commits, you know, sometimes what can be a considerable portion of their savings or retirement or taking on a big debt service through funding when it's too late after they've already made that commitment. I understand. So there's definitely some folks that aren't cut out to be franchise owners. That's correct. How would you describe that? How how do they know? How would I know if franchising is not for me? Okay. There's three levels of what I call insurance or assurance. And those three levels that can help you figure out if franchising as a whole and in a specific business is right for you are myself, the business, but most importantly, you. When I take people through our process of understanding what their goals, needs, expectation, and ill we goals are, after having done this for seven and a half years, everybody comes out of the education compartment of working with me, and they fall into one of three buckets. They're either built just fine to be successful and happy and actually thrive in a process-driven, systems-oriented franchise environment, or there's other people that this would drive absolutely crazy. They pull their hair out because they don't want to follow a system that they didn't create, or they're not good at doing things in a systemized process manner, so they may be better built to be an independent business owner. And then the third bucket of people are people that should find out and do find out that they're not cut out for any type of business ownership at all. They should continue to work for other people. So what I'm trying to say is the process that we bring people through, which gets them the ability to do such a deep dive with the business where the business closely studies them, and before I even turn them over to a business, I closely study them, it will become apparent which bucket they fall into. But I go back to what I said. It generally is apparent to the person themselves, the prospect. If they're researching something and once they do enough research, they should be in this business or in this industry or franchising at all in the first place. Okay, And that's what we want our clients to see before they make any huge commitments. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think people would want to know, hey, am I cut out for this? Because I think there's going to be a certain amount of anxiety, fear, and trepidation because it's a big step. It's huge, especially if you're the one writing a check. But what if I don't have the money to write a check? Is there financing available for this type of stuff? Yeah, there is. And I want to just back up the bus real quick on something, specifically the three things that I pull out, the business pulls out, and the person finds out are the viability components. And those are simply, and we've mentioned them, transferability of skills, is that there? Is the coachability there to learn a new business? Do they have the passion and the risk tolerance that all of us that are business owners need to have, especially to take that leap of faith? And do they have the funding, the financial capabilities to get into a business? So that kind of goes into the question you just asked. There are many financial resources that are available to you that we have strategic partners with funding, uh, I'm sorry, strategic relationships with funding partners that have funding products such as SBA loans, 401k, 
home equity, internal financing, business lines of credit. Some franchisors also offer internal financing. One of the things that I work closely on with my clients is once they find a business that they've identified as one that they can see themselves in, and once the business reciprocates saying, we think you would be good for this business, we're going to work on a capitalization plan for that client. And this capitalization plan is going to include all the business operating capital, startup, hard costs that you need to have, but it's also going to include personal operating capital. One of the biggest things that the business doesn't want, nor nor should the client, nor do I, is you don't want a person going into the business undercapitalized because that's one of the biggest reasons why any business will fail. So there are many options that are available that we expose our clients to at the appropriate time where they can make the decision of how they want to capitalize a business. Do you want to fund it? Do you want to use assets that are liquid or could be made liquid or a combination of both? Well, I think that's very interesting and and actually rather telling that you do have these relationships with financing partners because nobody is going to lend money unless they can get it back. And that, to me, says that these are proven business concepts because they can generate enough profit in order to mm-hmm. repay various mm-hmm. types of loans. So I think that's a, that's really good. That's solid. You know, we're coming to the end here, Dan, and I would just okay. really like to ask, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. continue this conversation and do a deeper dive in franchising opportunities to see which bucket they fall into, whether they're mm-hmm. cut out for it um, or maybe should be independent business owners or keep working for somebody else, how would they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Sure. Well, my office phone number in uh, North Carolina is 800 495 3085. My email address is dprendergast at esourcecoach.com. So esource is e s o u r c e coach.com. And my website is www eSourceCoach, spelled the same way, E-S-O-U-R-C-E-C-O-A-C-H.com backslash D-P-R-E-N-D-E-R-G-A-S-T. So email or phone is generally the best way to reach me. Well, that's great. We've got three ways to reach you, and one of them is an 800 number. So if you could repeat that one more time, I think that's probably the most helpful. Sure. 800-495-3085. Awesome. And do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners, Dan? Sure. I would, uh, well, first I want to thank you for um, allowing me to be on and to talk to the listeners. Anybody that explores uh, franchising and that I work with, I'm always very upfront, Hannah, and I tell them, I don't know where this journey is going to take us. Okay, because at the end of the day, we're just an option. Franchise business ownership is just an option that exists for people who are looking for something different to do for whatever reason. And by following our process, 
we are generally going to get to the point where, as I've described earlier today, we'll find out if this is a good option. So I'm always up front with people about that. I work with people um, only go one step at a time, okay, which allows the person the flexibility to explore other options. And I'm happy to talk with anybody generally in 15 or 20 minutes through a good discussion we can figure out if it makes sense to, to do work together. That, that's what my parting thoughts would be. Well, that's terrific. So in 15, 20 minutes, a conversation with Dan can change your life. <laughs> Could be. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Dan, thanks so much for giving a bird's eye view of the franchising landscape. I really appreciate your time, your expertise, and thanks for being a guest on Business Confidential giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week... Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.